Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today I'm joined by Isam to make our second mountain bike podcast of the cross off-season. We'll be talking about the third round of the Mountain Bike World Cup in Nova Mesto. Isam, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me and hello everybody. Just like last week, there was really one cross rider putting the mountain bike scene on fire, Tom Pitcock. Let's start off with the way the mountain bike weekend starts off. That's with a short track race. In Novomesto, it's on the biathlon venue, and the past couple of years, they had kind of a traditional course there for their short track race, but this year, they completely changed up the course, and it was nothing like we were used from the short track course, and it was super fast, and hardly any place where you could make the difference. What did you think about those changes, Isam? I don't know. I was not a big fan of it. I think the racing itself was quite fun especially because they were very grouped like I think till halfway through the race at least we were probably with 40 riders or something in the first group and they all have to go through that hairpin that is that is obviously a very very nice shot the way they are battling to get through through the field but it is very difficult to make a a difference on such a parkour and it was really like it was like almost we were rushing a knockout race or something that every lap we had just a couple of guys that were falling off and then eventually we had the stronger guys up front but i would rather go back to the 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 older uh, short track version in a way but i don't know maybe with the the way the race went they will they will opt for this one for a couple more years but uh, yeah we have to wait and see i i i, I kind of liked it it looked fun on 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 the tv but i think that you know race wise i think it would be better if we would go back to the older one i mean it was only exciting because it was so difficult to make a difference it's kind of the same if we look at cross courses sometimes we have these super dull and boring courses for instance merck's plus this year we had a great battle for the lead there it went to the final lap there and eventually easy took the win there and Was it an exciting course? No. Was the race entertaining because there was a lack of possibilities to drop the others? Yes. It was more like watching a road crit here in Nova Mesto than actually a mountain bike race. It was just super weird and they had this small hill that was constructed but it was probably the worst thing that they constructed on the worst place possible and no real corners, just super fast, quite a bit of tarmac in there as well. You could see by the profiles the riders were running, they were really there for a super fast course. And that's also how the race was done. It was basically a crit rate, all about positioning. And I think that that is eventually also what was key to eventually the result. Because if we look at that race, there was a very strong performance by Schwarzenbauer, the German who won the short track there. He did quite a lot of work and then in the final lap still put out some crazy watt. But Tom Pitcock ended second. But in my opinion, he could have easily won that race, seen his final half lap, because it was like something like 20th, and then like on the final climb, just overtook half of the peloton and all of a sudden stormed towards second place, just missing out on that win. Yeah, it definitely was, in my opinion, bad positioning. Um, maybe a little bit complacent about the positioning in a way, thinking that it, it, like every lap it was kind of simple for everybody to move up places. But yeah, obviously the last lap is not going to be that easy. Uh, still, he managed to show off his, his great power and especially that sprint that he was putting off, passing in the end also, I think it was Colombo and, and Daskalou. That was really impressive, that sprint. But then, yeah, Schwarzbauer was already in front, uh, pulling big watts, an impressive sprint, to be honest. Very strong race from the German. Uh, 
but we knew that uh, that Pitcock was also going to be very good for the Sunday. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I don't really think it was a case of Pitcock thinking he could easily move up still. I just think that, as you said, everybody knew he had to be at the front in that final lap. And what happens in a peloton, and we were racing in a peloton then, is that there's this wave forward. And Pitcock at some point was pretty far to the front, but he was kind of at the front too early because there were more riders moving up along the sides of the road. Then he got pushed back a bit and then we came to a corner where he just got squeezed out and lost a lot of positions whilst he was running in, I think, 9th or 11th, something like that. And he ultimately lost out due to that. But I still think overall it was a pretty decent performance there and a short track race like this will always be a bit random and a bit of luck is involved and he missed out. I don't really think it says something about the rest of Pitcock's abilities or anything for future short track races. But it is definitely something he can work on. But on the other hand, he completely made up for that in the cross-country race by winning that. Could you give us a short recap of that race for the people who didn't watch? Well, I think for for Pitcock's sake, I mean, the race went for him quite well. He positioned him well, himself quite well in the race. Was a bit conservative in the beginning, but you know later on the race was moving up places. Uh, we saw a very strong Vlad Daskalou actually up, up front. Uh, Matthias Flückinger had in the beginning of the race a puncture, then had to fight back to to get get himself back to the front, and then Schurter, who was looking very strong in that race, also had a puncture, got a minute behind. Flückinger and Daskalou were not really willing to uh, you know to pace. Uh, we're looking uh, forward to the last couple of laps, thinking that they could make the difference there. Schurter eventually was able to bridge that gap back uh, of a minute. Uh, great comeback from himself, and then. You know, entering that last lap, we had Vlad Daskalou that attacked on the climb, one of the climbs that we have in, one of the many actually, in Novo Mesto. Uh, Schurter tried to follow, was looking like he was going to be the, the only one able to to stay close to Vlad Daskalou. And then Pitcock, out of nowhere, who seemed to have a difficult moment at that time, uh, was able to to get in the wheel of, of Vlad Daskalou in the last straight and overtake him overtaking him to to win eventually the race and you know there was a very strong sprint from uh, from Pitcock in the end uh, snatching the the victory uh, of the Romanian uh, Vlad Daskalou. What did you think of that performance by Pitcock in the cross-country Olympic race? Last week in Alpstadt he was super strong and really demolished the opposition. This week in Nova Mesto it was a bit different, but in my opinion it was still a very strong performance by him, although it did cost him a lot more effort than it did last week. It definitely, it, it seemed like it cost him more effort. Um, it was also not really going uh, that easy, the way it seemed at least in Alpstadt. In Alpstadt it was, you know, he attacked uh, lap 3, lap 4, and then was just able to, to pull away, maintain a gap, and... You know that was basically it. That was all she wrote. But now it was uh, a bit, a bit more difficult. You know, the the pace dropped quite significantly mid race when Schurter had a puncture. And uh, I think normally if Pitcock was feeling well, he would not let the pace drop that much and would just take the lead, make sure that the others are are, are not going to have a free ride in a way. Now he was not really able to do so. Daskalou then attacked and in the last lap and. Then again, his reaction was not really the the reaction you would expect from from Pitcock in in very good shape. But then all of a sudden, I think find something is able to to bridge the gap and and yeah, then a super super sprint that was written from him. So I think all by all, 
the difference was a bit smaller, like I kind of expected, but uh, this was uh, nevertheless a very, very strong performance again from Pitcock. I think it's important to note that Vlad Daskalou had a puncture last week in Alpstadt as well, and he was arguably looking like one of the stronger riders there than already. The fact that he was really at the front there now the entire race definitely changed things up a bit. Of course, as you said, the puncture of Schurter definitely influenced the race. But personally, yes, okay, I have to admit the comeback of Schurter was impressive. But maybe not as impressive as it was seemingly made looking but like... The commentators were really over-exaggerating about this in my opinion because if we look at the lap times we can see that the lap that shooter has a puncture the lap times of the leaders drop drastically all of a sudden they start lapping around the same times that the riders in 40th place are doing which is over 40 seconds slower than the laps they were doing before shooter keeps up the same pace and therefore is able to close the gap but it's not because shooter accelerates and puts in a blistering lap no, it's because the leaders slow down. And I do think that Shooter could have played a bigger role in competing for the win because he didn't have that one lap to recover. But on the other hand, I do think that despite Shooter looking strong, that Daskalou and Pitcock were the two strongest riders throughout the entire race. I don't know how you think about that one, Isam. Mm, I, 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 I think that, that Shooter would have fought for victory to be honest i think that you know his last three laps were i think all around the 10 27 or something and it was like um you know he was able to even in his last lap despite having to already give so much in the in the laps before you know he had to ride not a long way but still he had to do the climb with that puncture takes also some energy away so it's all it's never going to be the ideal scenario for for Schurter to come back i think Flückinger and Daskalo for you know not really pacing at the time that he had the puncture was very beneficial for him so he you know he came back quite easily in a way what you can you know what you can say about being easy but uh, yeah I, I i i saw him a little bit higher i thought he he had a chance of winning this race to be honest i he looked he looked very good and yeah he was just very unfortunate that he had that puncture uh, and I, I think that that if he didn't have that puncture, he would definitely have fought for for victory. It's always hard to say what if, and you know. But I, I personally would think that that the victory was definitely in the hands of of of, of Schurter, and that we were kind of robbed of a three-way battle for victory because you know the two-way battle already was very very nice to watch and to look at. I mean, if you are in the first group, you always have a very good chance of winning, and. I do think that he would have competed for the win, but I do also think that he would have ultimately needed to settle for that third place because it's still kind of fascinating if we look at it. We went into the last lap with basically the leaders all together and then really in the last one third of a lap, Pitcock and Daskalu open 30 seconds over Shooter, Cooper and Hatherley and also Flukiger who was also still there. So I think it still shows that Daskalu and Pitcock were playing the waiting game a bit maybe also a bit due to the heat because it was pretty hot and if you have ridden in the heat you know that you will probably blow up earlier when it's so hot and i think that that also played a role on the race conditions were very different compared with last year when they were racing in the rain there so i think in a way shooter could have competed but at the same time i think he would have lacked the explosiveness in the final part to really 
challenge for the victory in the sense of competing in the sprint between Pitcock and Daskalu and I wouldn't have seen him dropping those two either way. If we look a bit further down in the result, there is another cross rider who was competing for the top 10, Joshua Dubot, the Frenchman. We spoke about him a bit earlier when he was racing in Turkey and Izubit also raced there. He ended 11th, as said. That was a pretty strong result by him. I didn't expect him to end that high, so he just missed out on the top 10 by 7 seconds. Yeah, I mean, you know, his preparation was looking very good, but those are very small races, so you cannot really expect them your expectations obviously are not going to be as high as, as an 11th place in a world cup but yeah, this was really quite good uh, in, in my opinion i yeah it i did not see this coming in uh, in so fast in the season and obviously he is a very talented rider we know that but 11th is is uh, yeah really strong to be honest with the field that we have um, and I don't know if this is his peak or there is still <laughs> still more to come from him, but it's definitely you know very promising uh, for sure this season that we can already see him perform this well. Just one place, uh, and and then it was already a top ten, and that you know that was already something that I would see as I wouldn't say unthinkable, but close to that. So yeah, it's a very good result from him. I mean, he was already 18th in Petropolis and Alpstad, but really. To make this step to 11th is really quite still a big one because I already noticed him in Alpstad and uh, Petropolis but I kind of thought okay this is really the maximum what is in Joshua Dubot at the moment and he makes a step and fair enough I didn't expect it he surprised me but it was definitely nice to see and whilst we're at it there was another cross rider competing we spoke about this rider last week as well it's Dan Soute. He was at some point running in the top 20, he fell back a bit, but I still think 31st in the end, it's not bad, it's definitely close to where he wants to be in that top 30. He told us when I spoke with him that he really has the hope to reach the European and World Championships this year, that's a goal for him, and I honestly think that if he keeps up this form that that should be possible, although I do have to admit I don't know the selection procedures for the World Championships, so I'm not sure if he would need to beat Schuurmans and Pierre de Froidmont, because those two riders are still a step above Soute. I think for, for Dan Soute, the World Championships, you know, should be possible right now, he's like he's placing himself as third best Belgium in a way the last couple of races, so... I think Belgium has right now they have the right to have six riders that can attend the World Championship, so plenty of place for for Dan Sut, I would say. And the Olympics is 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 a bit different, a bit different in 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 placing. I'm not really aware of the regulations there. Also based on the rankings, and if they can take three riders, then I I it would surprise me if they would not take him. It's obviously like you said, it's an objective for him. So we will see. Uh, yeah, what. Um, what eventually will be the the, the regulations for um, the the riders that are allowed to to participate in, in on the Olympics in Paris? For Paris, I think the latest is that Belgium will probably be getting one or two spots, probably just one, due to the Olympics having a maximum amount of athletes allowed to participate in the total or like the complete Olympics. So that means that the last couple of years they are just cutting down on participants in multiple sports to allow the addition of new sports which is a shame because the mountain bike fields were very tiny and it's usually quite nice to see them be 
really big and that hasn't been the case unfortunately but I mean Paris I don't know Suter didn't say anything about that being a goal I know he probably wants to go but with Schumans and Fromont doing so well it will probably be increasingly difficult over the couple of years to make that but if he can participate in the world and Olympic championships this year I think he will be happy and that that is a very realistic objective one rider who we won't have to compete for the spot there is Elisabeth. We spoke about him last week in Alpstad, but he um, had an issue there. As Isam said back then in the podcast, he had a back issue and it's some sort of injury. Paul Sauser didn't really communicate anything on that, but um, the latest is that his mountain bike campaign has been stopped and that he will recover before hopefully still doing some road races in the summer and returning to the cross season and this preparation for that would not be hampered according to the Paul Sauser bingo team. Well, now we're talking about those world championships, Isam. What do you think about Pitcock and doing those world championships? We know he said he wants to take the triple crown, so that means becoming world champion road, cross and mountain bike in the same season. I think in the mountain biking side it's definitely possible that he does that seen his form. But I'm interested in what you think about his schedule going towards that. Because he's been rumored to do the Tour de France now. But it's kind of complicated. Because the next Mountain Bike World Cup is in one month time. Then we have Leogang. Then we have another month. And then we really start getting into the core of the mountain bike season. In July we have Lenzerheide, Valnord. Then one week nothing. Snowshoe. Then in the first, first m- weekend of August we get Mont Saint-Anne. Then we have the European Championships and the World Championships. The Tour de France is also somewhere around those block of World Cup races. How do you think that he can combine it? Do you think that it's likely that he focuses completely on the mountain biking until the World Championships? Or do you think that he will do the Tour? Or do you think that those rumors are just a bit of nice talk in the hope he can do something but not really based on anything? For the moment I will go with the last one because I... It would be a very packed program in a way if he would go for the tour and then do the mountain bike. We know that he is he's probably aiming for like to try to win the world championship title in the three disciplines. So if if if, if he really wants to do that, I think the Tour de France is not going to fit in that program. In my opinion, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I would try to just, you know, do some mountain bike races, maybe go for a Tour of Poland or some you know a shorter one week stage race or something you know similar put yourself at at that much risk test yourself test the legs make sure that you are going to be ready for both the mountain bike and the road campaign that's coming up and and that's basically it because i think a tour de france it always demands a lot from from someone it's the it's you know the biggest the biggest stage race of the world Uh, and only mentally it's it's going to to take a lot from you so it's definitely not the most ideal uh, preparation for it and if he's going there with ambition yeah then i can understand it but i don't think i did not really have a very good look at the tour de france parkour but i I, you know it's for me it's unthinkable in a way but you never know ineos can surprise me there are many stages he can win in the tour de france if he gets the freedom but the tour de france ends the week before snowshoe I think it would be complicated to finish the tour after three weeks and then fly to Snowshoe and then do Snowshoe Mont saint It would just be a build-up of tiredness. I can't see him do the tour as a training. I can't see him pull out of the tour early, to be honest, seeing how Ineos is always preparing for the tour and going for GC. 
so then I would probably, if he does the tour, I expect him to probably take a bit of rest after the Tour de France and then only do the European Championships and World Championships, which could be a bit of a risk. But on the other hand, it's important to note that last year he did the, well, he had this injury and then he missed out on a big chunk of racing. He broke his collarbone on training. He came back, did Leggett, and then I think it was three weeks after, after DNF and Leggett, by the way, he went to the Olympics and claimed Olympic gold there. So perhaps he doesn't need much rhythm, just like we saw on Opsat, and then he can do the tour, take a rest, use Europeans to get into a rhythm, and then start the World Championships. But I guess time will tell for that one. Well, as much as I would really love to go into details on the women's side of the racing this weekend, there really isn't a lot to talk about in terms of the uh, results of the women cross riders. Because yes, okay, we saw Clausel and Lechner in the cross country race both claiming a top 25, or that was a short track race, sorry, in the cross country race they were, were basically nowhere. Farsh was strong in the short track race, but again bit underwhelming in the cross-country race she ended 21st there not great not bad but kind of the same as we said last week it's not really there for the moment but i don't know maybe there's something else you would like to mention about the women's race that we saw there no i i think uh you know honorable mention of mcconnell again winning it is uh it's the third consecutive win for her is the i think the first uh woman to actually achieve that in a world cup so it's quite exceptional the way she's she has been riding so far and i think that's that's the that's the honorable mention and yeah i think for the for vash it's uh yeah not really going her way at the moment but you know uh, that is what you sometimes have in uh, on on those you know with with the age it doesn't always go your way so I think the season is still long so we have to wait and see what what's coming up for her. Yeah, also for her the question is what her program will be. It's a bit of a quiet period now coming up. I mean one month of no mountain bike racing. I will say it again. It's still pretty early in the mountain biking season. Really in two months time is when you want to start kicking up the form towards the world championships. And of course also the European championships as a bit of a secondary goal. And for now McConnell is really dominating the women's side. Winning all three cross country races and two out of the three short track races for a rider who hadn't won a single world cup race prior to this year. So she's definitely been on fire. Richards bit struggling. Neff, another half cross rider, well, really a mountain bike rider who's done a bit of cross. Good to see her improve on her form a bit, doing pretty well. So I think we'll still be in for a very entertaining season. Not uh, McConnell domination for the rest of the season is my projection. I know there were some interesting youth results. Could you tell us a bit about that, Isam? I, I think um, the first one that really comes up in mind is, is uh, Puck Peters again finishing second and Limburg again finishing first. <laughs> the two are uh, are, are kind of dominating the, the under-23 at the moment. And uh, that is... Uh, I think Peterson was able to, to bring up the fight to Burkier a little bit more. But Burke last two laps were something else. It was the fastest of everyone, uh, putting putting uh, Peterson on the gap, and that was basically when Peterson was not able to follow her. And 
Um, yeah, then Burke was just gone. We, there was no broadcast of the race, so we don't really know where it happened. But I would guess it was on the climb, uh, considering it's Burke. Uh, but it was nevertheless, you know, the two are are looking very good and. You know these races are uh, what they need to to make sure that if they go next year to the elites, that they are uh, ready for uh, for very competitive racing. In the men's under twenty three race, just like last week, Dario Lillo claiming a third place, the young Swiss rider from Deschamps Hens Mass. Definitely good to see him really picking up these results, and he really loves cross as well, and he's been doing pretty well in there as well. So I look forward to seeing more from him. And then I think we've had it for the World Cup in Novo Mesto. Unfortunately, not that much to talk about on the women's side, but hopefully that will change in one month's time when we go to Leongang in Austria. Thank you for being here, Sam. Yes, thank you for having me. And we will be back in, uh, well, a couple of weeks, I'd say. Maybe still in the Giro, Van der Poel has something in store for us, but otherwise we will be focusing on the next Mountain Bike World Cup. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Goodbye.